It is currently 4.42 a.m. on Thursday. So I feel like I should just give a rundown of my current situation. I fly out to California tonight at 7 p.m. Well, between right now and 7 p.m., there's so much shit that has to go down for me to be able to get onto this flight. For starters, I have so much schoolwork, including a whole ass exam tomorrow at noon for the same class that I failed this midterm quiz for. So like, I really need to do good to like kind of cushion the fall of the last one, right? So last night, essentially Wednesday, I have the worst habit of being like, let me lay down for like a two minute nap and then I'll get up, I'll be refreshed and I'll be ready to go. Well, this time around, I laid down for a tiny little 10 minute nap. I set up the timer and everything. And that was around 11. And at that point, I had finished editing the podcast. I had started kind of packing, but like that was about as far as I'd gotten into my to-do list. So I lay down at 11 p.m., close my eyes for what I think will be a 10-minute nap. I wake up at 2.30 in the morning. So imagine the shock that that was. So yeah, if you by any chance were wondering why I'm in my closet at 4 a.m. recording a podcast, that is why. Let's get into this. Welcome to the 20-somethings, guys. My energy is kind of low right now, but it's also four in the morning, so I don't know what I expected, but I'm going to try to pick it up. I'm going to try to pick it up. So today, I figured I would start kind of harping on a topic that I could make so many episodes about, right? And I could just go into depth about every single thing that I'm about to talk about, but I just kind of wanted to make an overall general episode about it just to kind of ease us into this topic because we're going to be talking about college. What? That's so crazy. What do I know about college? It's not like it's the main consumer of all of my free time. But yeah, we're going to be talking about college. But most importantly, I figured I would just start us off by kind of debunking all of the myths that were kind of fed in high school to kind of make us be a little scared of college and make us be like, oh my God, like the big bad world. But in all actuality, it's a lot more chill than people make it out to be, but it's also a living hell sometimes. Um, so I'm just kind of going to be talking about things that I wish I knew or things that are definitely not true that I definitely heard in high school about college. And then I also asked on the 20 somethings podcast, if anyone had any questions about the college experience and anything that I could kind of help y'all with. And actually like a lot of people submitted questions, which I was actually surprised about. Like I expected maybe three questions. Um, so thank y'all for submitting those. And yeah, I'm going to get to those at the very end, but let's just jump right in. I'm going to start us off with one that's kind of obvious. Like I feel like a lot of people are going to be like, no shit, Michelle, but you should pick a major based off of what you want to do. Especially at my college, I go to UAB, which is like a pretty big med school and like nursing school and all of this. And so I just feel like so many people are like in the majors that they're in because they're like, oh, like it pays well or I want to have a PhD after my name, which are all very good reasons. Like obviously I'm not shitting on anyone that wants to be pre-med or nursing or anything like that. I just feel like there are definitely some people that are very passionate about what they're doing and what they want to do with their career. And then there's other people that I feel like we're just kind of spoon fed this mentality that they need to be this huge surgeon from like their parents to be deemed successful, you know? 
And I've seen so many people turn around like junior year and like switch their major completely from like, I don't know what, like neurology to like graphic design or like from graphic design to like neurology. Like there is such a switch because I feel like when you first go into college, you have all these expectations of what the real world is going to be like. And you base your major off of what you think is going to get you a head start in life. But like, say you follow the whole work until you're 65 and then you'll maybe hopefully retire plotline. You are going to be doing that job for the majority of your life. So if you're picking a major based off of all these external decisions besides what you want to spend time doing and what you're passionate about, that is the type of thing that will literally have you waking up when you're 35 being like, I hate my job and I hate my life and I literally look forward to absolutely nothing. I mean, there's obviously external factors that can also go into that mentality, but like, I think not being passionate about your work and not liking what you do contributes to that heavily. And I'll even relay this back to me. I was pre-law for like a good chunk of my freshman year because I was convinced all throughout high school that I wanted to be a lawyer. And then I like genuinely sat down with myself and I was like, I hate reading. I hate being behind a desk. Like I'm a very big people person. Like I have to be collaborating with other people. I can, you cannot just sit me behind a cubicle, give me a law book that I have to memorize word for word and then like research a case for nine months and then hopefully one day stand in court. And that was a really tough realization for me because like I said, I went all throughout high school being like, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to law school. I want to go to Harvard, which, okay, I was really shooting for the stars there, but Then I realized that I think I was more so doing it just for the validation that you get from saying that you're a lawyer and the fact that my parents were going to be able to say that their daughter was a lawyer, but I was going to hate my job. Like, I don't think I would have lasted in that job for more than max a year. I would have been miserable. And that wasn't just something that I thought of one night. And I was like, hmm, maybe I should switch to marketing. That was like months and months of like inner turmoil with myself being like, is this really what I want? Is it going to look bad that I'm already changing my major and I'm a freshman? Like blah, 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 blah. No, dude, if you realize that what you're working towards is not what you want to do for the rest of your life, change it, change it. And obviously it's a lot easier said than done. There's a lot of factors that go into changing your major and choosing your major and all this stuff. So I'm not just saying like, oh yeah, change it on a whim, but this is an important life decision. This literally, I mean, it doesn't really dictate like the trajectory of your life because obviously I've seen people at like 40 be like, I want to open a restaurant after being like an anesthesiologist, you know? So it's never too late to turn it around. But I'm just saying when you're picking a major, be very honest with yourself about why you're picking that major. On to the more like personal ones I'm gonna be talking to my little Greek life people right now or like people interested in Greek life what sorority you're in or what frat you're in doesn't matter worth shit now take in mind when I say this I'm saying it from the UAB perspective where there's six sororities and like I don't know like 10 frats maybe and I couldn't even name all of them at my school Greek life isn't super huge like if you're in it you're in it and if you're not that's cool too like you know, but obviously I don't go to like the big giant SEC schools where like rush is like a two week process and it's like emotionally traumatizing. So take this with a grain of salt, but at least in my case, 
what sorority you're in literally does not matter but it does however dictate who you hang out with and i know greek life gets shitted on all the time about like oh you're paying for friends not to sound head ass but it is nice to have kind of this cushion of friends already established before you even step foot on campus like you know what i mean like there's older sisters that you can ask like what buildings your classes are in and like shit like that right so it's very beneficial in that sense However, if you go through recruitment and you're like, oh, I really like Gamma Beta Zeta because they get the hottest guys, they're so hot, they're top tier, blah, blah, blah. That's cool if that's your mentality. Actually, no, that's not cool if that's your mentality. I'm going to be really honest with you. But say you do get into this sorority that you deemed top tier, right? And you end up not even clicking with these people. Like you literally just pick them based off of their aesthetic and like their Instagram is cute. And you don't click with them that is the sorority you chose. Like, there's no backpedaling on that. And that kind of dictates the friend group that you're accessible to. And I'm not saying that just because you join one sorority, you can't be friends with other sororities. My friend group is compiled of like, I think four out of the six. And I still have friends in the other two. So I'm not saying that just because you join one, like you can't be friends with other ones. I'm just saying that like 97% of the people that come to mind for people that I would call up if I had like an issue or anything like that, are either in my sorority or I met them through my sorority, you know? So yeah, long story short, most likely no one gives a shit what sorority you're in, but it is going to dictate the friend pool that you get to choose from. And on that note, another thing that I want to talk about is that friend groups change and that's completely okay. But I'm just warning you right now, you're probably not going to be friends with the same people you hung out with at orientation. Now, this is all subjective. Like, I'm not saying that, like, you're going to burn all of these bridges. I'm more so just saying that life gets fucking hard and shit starts going down and everyone has their own stuff going on. And sometimes you just kind of drift apart and it's no one's fault. It's just life running its course, you know? Like, I'm still friends with, like, a lot of the people that I was friends with freshman year. But there are also some people that I haven't talked to in, like, two years since, like, prior to the pandemic because COVID hit like in the middle of my spring semester freshman year. So there are some people that moved away or transferred during the pandemic or you have your own shit going on. They have their own shit going on. So again, it's no one's fault, but I do want to like prep y'all that if freshman year you're like, oh, I'm not really making any friends. It's really hard. I'm in a new town. Don't know anyone. All these people went to high school together just know that friend groups come and go and there are going to be periods where you don't have friends. I'm just being very honest with you. College can be a lonely ass motherfucker. I guess to share a little bit more of a personal note, last year, like my spring semester of sophomore year, I was probably in the worst mental space I think I've ever been and I could maybe count two people that I was like regularly in contact with. But, like, the pandemic was still going on. This was, like, prior to the vaccines and anything like that. So, I wasn't going out. I wasn't really hanging out with anyone. I just moved back home. So, I was hanging out with people, like, maybe once a week, if that. Like, that was, like, stretching it. Like, maybe twice a month is more like it. And, I don't know. That kind of took a toll on me. Like, it was it was very lonely. And I wish I would have had someone there to tell me, like, hey, sometimes you're going to go through these patches where you don't have friends. And that's completely fine because those are kind of the periods where you like kind of find yourself more because prior to this 
time in my life, I guess you could say. I was very codependent on my friends. Like, I have mentioned this before, but I kind of get my energy from other people. Like, I love talking to people and I love, like, meeting new people and all that stuff. So, if I had any ounce of free time, I would be like, so what are we doing today? Like, what are we doing? And I was just never home. Like, I was never home. I was never by myself. And it wasn't until the pandemic hit and I moved back home and I was living with my parents and I had all of this alone time that I like kind of started really figuring myself out and kind of like working on it. And now I love my alone time. Like that is so crazy for me to say, because if freshman year, you would have been like, yo, go home right now and take a nap. You need it. I would have been like, no, I'm going to have FOMO. I'm going to miss out on so many things because all of my friends are hanging out right now. So like, I need to go get dinner with them. Now, there are some times that I'm at parties or something like that. And I'm like, God, I cannot wait to go home. Or like, I'll literally stay in to read. Like, who is she? Because freshman year, you would have not caught me dead missing out on like a party or like a social gathering or like literally just a hangout at a friend's apartment. It was actually during that like lonely period that I was like, I kind of want to do something more. And I didn't know what that meant for me, but it ultimately manifested itself into the podcast. So that's pretty exciting. But yeah. Oh my God. I'm getting so tendy right now for five in the morning. I Maybe I do need to go to sleep. <laughs> On a more lighter note, partying gets so old. Not gonna lie. Freshman year, my best friend was Christine and I have no idea if she's listening to this, but she was a junior. I was a freshman. It was the classic, you know, older girl, younger girl duo. And I didn't party at all in high school. So any invite to Zydeco that I got, I was like, oh my God, let's go to Zydeco. Let's please go to Zydeco. And there were times where Christine was like, Michelle, you could not pay me to step foot in that establishment right now. And I never understood that. Like, I was like, oh my God, we're in college. Like, why don't we want to party all the time? And well, one, she was studying for the MCAT. So that was probably a big reason. But two, now that I'm in her position, I'm a junior there are times where parties sound so unappealing and I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to skip it on this one. Deuces. Y'all have fun. I'm going to be in my PJs reading a book or something like that. And one thing you're going to experience is that during the fall semester when like everyone's back from summer, like everyone's catching up, you haven't seen some of these people since April or May, partying goes insane. Like it is every Thursday, Friday, Saturday of fall semester, you're doing something. And then we all come back from winter break. And I don't know why, but I've always noticed that spring semester, there's less and less parties and less people want to go out. And everyone just kind of resorts to like the classic apartment hangouts, which are sometimes the best. Honestly, I kind of prefer an apartment hangout more than I do like a Zydeco party. But yeah, partying does get old. So do with that information what you will. This next one is biggie. Go to class. Literally, if you're listening to me right now, and you're laying down, avoiding going to class, I know I'm calling some of you out right now. Go to fucking class. I don't think people talk about how easy it is to skip classes in college. Because in high school, you skip a class. No, not even skip a class. You're like five minutes late to a class, and they're calling your parents being like, Michelle Diaz-Ledesma was absent today. So there were repercussions in high school. That does not exist in college. Like, the professor could give two shits if you're in class or not. I mean, some professors take attendance, but even then, they're like, okay, they'll just fail. And let me tell you, skipping class will catch up to you very quickly. Because if you think about it, 
you go to class, what, every Monday and Wednesday for like an hour and a half. Do you know how much material you cover during that? And there's no like makeup work or whatever. Like you might be able to ask someone for like their lecture notes, but if you weren't there for the actual lecture, maybe their notes don't make sense. Or maybe you're just missing out on like the little extra details that the professor says in class that that person just didn't think to jot down. So go to class. But yeah, on the note of going to class, an 8 a.m. in high school is not the same as an 8 a.m. in college. You need to plan for that shit accordingly. Because I remember being in high school and hearing people be like, oh, don't take 8 a.m.s. And then my ass being like, well, I went to school at 8 a.m. last year, so I should be able to do this. Hell no, bro. You're not waking up for that. You're not waking up. Or in my case, let me set the scene for y'all here. I had a Monday, Wednesday, Friday class at 9 a.m. my freshman year. And I know that's not 8 a.m., but Halloween that year happened to be on a Thursday. This professor literally gave us a midterm the day after Halloween. Like, I'm talking November 1st. This man gave us a midterm. So, I was up until like 4.30 in the morning that Thursday. I took like a, what, two-hour nap? And then I had to head to class to take a midterm. So, I know that was a very circumstantial example. But what I'm saying is, you're not going to want to wake up. And it's going to make it a lot easier to skip that class. And you're just going to be like, ugh, whatever, I'll just go tomorrow. And like hit snooze on the alarm. And you'll just sleep through it. So if you can, save yourself the trouble. Sometimes you're just given 8 a.m.s and like you can't really change them. And then sometimes people just have to schedule 8 a.m.s to make their whole day schedule work. I'm not talking to those people. I'm talking to the freshmen that think that an 8 a.m. in high school would prepare them for an 8 a.m. in college. Because... Trust me, baby, it doesn't. Your parents are not going to be waking you up with breakfast ready. Like, you have to wake yourself up and go to the dining hall to get your own breakfast. And sometimes that literally looks like grabbing a granola bar, chugging some orange juice, and running to class. So, don't do it to yourself. With all of this being said, I feel like I've been focusing on, like, all the rough patches in college. But as much as there are rough patches, like, I'm not going to be here and be like, it's all flowers and rainbows. There there are many times that you're going to be like, I cannot do this shit anymore. But there's also going to be other times where you're going to look around and you're going to be like, wow, this is a core memory. Like, I'm going to be telling my kids about this shit. And like, especially like you're living next to all of your friends. Like, name another time when that would happen, right? Like, they are down the hall or they're like in the same apartment complex. Like, that is insane. Take advantage of that. Take advantage of that. But moving on, um, I know this one kind of shocked me when I came into college because all of high school, every teacher ever would be like, you know, in college, they're not going to put up with this shit. Yeah, they will. Like, okay, I'm, I'm not speaking for every professor, but professors are not as mean as people make them out to be. And 90% of the time, they are so flexible and understanding. And when I say they are like flexible, they know you are in college they know you are stressed the fuck out. And 90% of the time, they'll work with you if you are completely honest with them. Obviously, if you bullshit them and you're like, ugh, my dog ate my homework, so that's why I couldn't turn in the 200-point quiz that was due last night. No, that's not gonna fly. But I've literally fallen asleep at the computer, like, doing my work, and, like, I'll wake up, and it's, like, one in the morning, my contacts are still in, and, like, my assignment that I was working on was never turned in and I've literally emailed my professor being like hey I'm literally so sorry I'm juggling so many things right now this completely slipped my mind or in that case I was literally like I I was literally working on it and I literally fell asleep 
at the computer. In all of the cases where I've had to email professors, like, explaining circumstances, they're like, oh, I completely understand, like, I'll grade it normally, or, like, whatever. Like, I've had professors that, like, in their syllabus, they're like, I take no late work, don't even try it, and, like, I'll email them, and I'll be like, hey, I'm so sorry, I know you don't take late work, and this will never happen again, but this is what happened, and I'm so sorry, I completely understand if you don't want to grade it, and I get a zero, I just felt like it was worth a try. Which brings me to two awesome points. If you're ever emailing a professor, make sure you don't just sound like you're giving excuses. Also, make sure that you've read the syllabus because you saying, hey, I read on the syllabus that you do not take late work, but I figured I would give it a try. That is going to go a lot further than you not knowing that they didn't take up late work and you're like, here's my work. Because then they're going to be like, oh, they didn't even read the syllabus and they probably don't even care about this class. But if you show that you are prepared for the class and like it was a genuine mistake, they will definitely work with you. And the other point is you never know until you ask. Like I've said, I've emailed professors that are like, I will never take late work. Don't even try. And I'll email them and they'll give me full credit. And I'm not by any means saying that this will always be the case. Like there are some professors that if they say they don't take late work, they are not taking late work. But you never know unless you ask. So always ask. Which kind of brings me to my next point, which I guess is my final point before I start getting into the questions. But don't get caught up in grades, which is rich coming from me. Um, Like I mentioned, I was the girl that literally cried after she got her first C in college. So my whole life, I've kind of used grades as like a measurement to see like how well I was doing in life, I guess you could say. And college humbles you very quickly. Yes, grades are important. And obviously, this doesn't really apply to everyone because obviously, if you're trying to get into med school or something like that, GPA is going to matter. But unless you're doing something like that, even your employers don't really care about your GPA. They care more about the experience that you've had in the workplace than they do your GPA. So you graduating summa cum laude or whatever the fuck that is doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. And I guess we could even tie this back to like some of my lessons from the first episode where like in five years, the test you take at 11 a.m. and you'll probably fail probably won't even matter. And yes, I'm talking to myself right now because I'm kind of freaking out. But yeah, in like five years, the test that I'm about to take won't matter which is probably not the best mentality. And yes, I care about my grades and my GPA is actually pretty good. But sometimes I get so caught up in like the, I need to make an A, I need to make an A. And it gets to the point where my mental health plummets. So while I'm not saying that you shouldn't care about grades, obviously care about grades, obviously your GPA is important. Don't let it control every aspect of your life. Now, am I saying you should skip out on the review session to go to the Theta Chi party? No. I'm more so saying if you get a bad grade, unless it is consistent, just brush it off your shoulders. Do not let it dictate your mental health, for starters. And two, don't let it ruin some of the best years of your life, which is so corny to say. And I hate when people say like college are the best years of your life because God, I fucking hope not. But they are some of the ones that you're going to be referencing for a while. You're probably going to tell your kids some of these stories. And again, while education is very important, the only thing I'm saying is to give yourself a little grace and to take care of yourself and do not prioritize a letter grade that's going to be on a transcript over your mental health and your overall physical health. 
what a wholesome note to end on but let's get into questions okay i actually got a lot more than i expected so i don't know if i'll answer all of them also some of these are like very targeted towards like dating in college which is a whole different topic um and i'll probably be doing a different episode like solely about dating in college because dating in college is interesting i'll put it that way but yeah i'm probably going to dedicate a whole episode to those so i'm just going to kind of skip over those um and i'll maybe do like three to five ish and again this is like a very generalized episode like i'm barely scratching the surface of everything i could talk about regarding college so many many more episodes to come so if I didn't get to the question you asked or you need me to like elaborate on anything I just said, you can either DM me or I probably will be elaborating in the near future. Um, but yeah, don't think I'm done with the topic of college, like in any way, shape or form. Like I'm still in college, so obviously I'm still going to have opinions. But yeah, let's jump into questions. This first one says, how do I handle graduating before like three fourths of my friend LMAO? Honestly, I wouldn't think too hard about it, um, which I'm not trying to invalidate your worries in any way, shape, or form, because I feel like I would maybe also be freaking out. I do think the majority of the stress comes from that whole, like, Monday after graduation feeling where, like, you don't really know what you're doing, and I think the anxiety with graduating earlier than all of your friends comes from you kind of having to experience that alone, because I guess if everyone graduates together, then everyone's experiencing it at the same time. Honestly, I would kind of view it as an advantage point. Employers and like internships and all that stuff kind of expect students to be graduating in May. So if you graduate a semester early, you kind of have that whole semester as like kind of think of it as like a gap semester to kind of get your shit together and apply for internships, apply for jobs, apply for whatever you're applying for. And in May, when everyone's like freaking out, being like, what the fuck am I doing? You're already going to be over that grieving process, I guess you could call it. And it's not like your friends are going to, like, forget you. It's not like you're moving away to a different continent or, like, graduating a whole year or, like, even two years prior, or, like, transferring schools. Like, you're still going to be around unless you get an internship. But even then, like, you have your shit together more than 90% of the people that graduate, you know? So all of this to say, I would definitely use that free time to my advantage. But yeah, I hope that helped. Now that I'm looking at these, a lot of these are about Greek life. So I might make an episode just dedicated to Greek life and like the differences between a smaller school and like an SEC school, but that'll come later down the road. <laughs> Someone said, how can I take an L gracefully? Um, honestly, you just kind of have to roll with the punches. I know I say that a lot and every time I say it, I kind of want to punch myself, but it's true. College humbles you to no end. Like, even if you were valedictorian in high school, you're coming in with, like, 15 other valedictorians and, like, the National Merit Scholar. You know what I mean? Like, it's everyone was someone in high school. And then you come to college and it's like, oh, ground zero. And coming from my personal experience, like, I was very used to any organization that I wanted to be a part of, I got it. And if I wanted to be on their leadership team, I probably could get president. You know what I mean? And then I come to college and the first three organizations that I applied for, it was like OL and like uh, trailblazers, which are like the tour guides, basically. Um, and everyone was like, Michelle is so perfect for these. And then I tried out and I was like, oh, I have this shit in the bag. I didn't even make it past the second round of interviews. <laughs> so I guess the first part of taking an L gracefully is just to 
kind of realize that everything happens for a reason. And now looking back on it, I'm glad I didn't get those. They're great organizations, but I just know I would have been stressed out of my mind and I probably wouldn't have been able to have the free time to do the other stuff that I was able to accomplish and like involve myself in the orgs that I am in now. So realize that everything happens for a reason. So if you took an L, it was for a reason. But also I know I keep mentioning this, but if it won't matter in five years, do not spend all of this time like contemplating on it and like beating yourself up about it because the more you let something fester in your mind the more important it's going to become to you and then the more important it is the harder it's going to be for you to overcome that so honestly just brush it off unless it's something like huge then I would maybe just reach out to someone and talk about it because I know for me it kind of helps me to talk through my thought process and like just talk through everything and yeah but in terms of taking it gracefully just say like you know what It is what it is. Maybe take a tequila shot and move on with your day. Okay, this next person said, how do I get the college experience and make friends without going to college? Not that this is like the same thing, but my freshman year, I was a commuter student. So I kind of had to put in like 210 times more effort into like making friends and putting myself out there than like I guess other people did. Not saying that like other people had it easier, But, like, other people had, like, their dorms and, like, their roommates and, like, their roommates knew a friend of a friend who knew a friend of a friend. And, like, that's kind of how everything started. Um, But I lived 30 minutes away from campus uh, with my parents. So, I guess I could take it in two ways. If you're an introvert, a subtle way to kind of get involved is just to join an organization. Because that doesn't take you, like, standing up in front of a class and being like, Hi, my name is Michelle. Like, who wants to get dinner tonight? But you can just sign up for an organization and meet some people that way. And if you're an extrovert like I am, I literally would just talk to anyone and anything that breathed like near me. So like the way that I met my roommate, Bella, she sat next to me in like a class and I literally just turned around like, I I don't even remember what I talked about, but like you just kind of start conversations and then that kind of forms into something or you'll be like, hey, do you want to study together? And like, you'll go study with them and stuff like that. So just talk to people. <laughs> like I know that's very anticlimactic for like an advice column, but just talk to people. Like 90% of the time, they also are craving a friend. So just do it. Um, but in this case, I guess if you don't go to college, um, I would definitely evaluate your current friends. And like if you have one friend that's always inviting you out and always going out and like the only reason why you're not going is because you think you might not know anyone just go out with them for a night because that might lead to even more friendships right like use the connections that you have right now to establish new ones but also another thing that I just like love doing is like you know how you'll have like those internet friends like the people that you just like comment on their Instagram or like like their picture and like you've never talked to them in real life but like you're always like so cute girly like on their pictures just reach out to them like oh my god Um, One of my friends, Holly, she's actually one of my littles. We had like mutual friends or something. And I followed her on Instagram and I was like obsessed with her vibe. And like, I had never talked to her. And I was like, oh my God, love this. Like that outfit is so cute or whatever. And then one time I literally just DM'd her. Like sliding into the DMs is not only for dating. Like some true friendships come out of that hoe. So I like literally slid into her DMs and I was like, dude, like I would love to be friends. Like when you're in Birmingham, because she was 
going to be an incoming freshman. And I was like a freshman currently. So I was like, dude, if you're ever in Birmingham, like want to get coffee or like if you have any questions about UAB or anything like that, like literally just let me know because I just wanted to be her friend. And now look where we are. She's my little. (laughs) So yeah, honestly, just reach out to like any of your like social media mutuals that you might have because chances are like they probably want to be your friend too. But like who's going to make the first move, you know? This one goes, how to deal with friends being distant. Um, You can kind of take this in multiple different directions. It kind of depends on the consistency of the behavior and kind of how long it's been going on for. Because there could be many different reasons why someone could be distant. I know sometimes when like my to-do list is stacked, much like it has been this week, (laughs) I'll become very antisocial. Like I'll distance myself from everyone Um, I've been invited to a couple things this week and I'm just like, dude, I can't. Like, I have so much to do. And most of the times, I'm very good about communicating with my friends. But, like, sometimes, like, I'll just be very stressed and, like, I'll just be very distanced from people. And I know some of my friends have mentioned that, like, it kind of seems like I'm mad at them or something like that. If you feel a friend being distant, I definitely wouldn't jump the gun and be like, they don't want to be my friend anymore or they're mad at me. I would definitely check up on them. But that's like when you're dealing with someone that's being distant because they have like other shit going on. If they're being distant because like this is their subtle way to ghost and like cut the friendship off, don't spend any time tripping up about it. Now, okay, am I saying that this is going to be easy? No, because obviously if y'all have been friends for like forever and all of a sudden like you can feel a shift in energy. You can always feel a shift in energy. So if all of a sudden like their energy kind of switches and like they're being distant and not in like the I have shit going on way like in like the I kind of want to ghost you and never talk to you again kind of way if for your peace of mind it would help you to get closure and just be like hey I've been feeling off what's up and they're just like oh nothing I'm fine drop it they're not gonna tell you they're not gonna tell you and they're probably telling your other friends about it so just drop it but if they are like well this this and this happened then you can move forward from there And you can try to like rectify the situation and kind of work together. However, if you can do without the peace of mind and like this has been going on for the longest time ever and like and like the friendship is already on the rocks and all of a sudden they're being distant and they've been distant for a while. I would just go ahead and start maybe mingling with your other friends and spending more time with friends that do kind of give you the time of day because at that point it kind of seems like they've made up their mind about the future of the friendship So you trying anything probably won't change their mind. And also you don't deserve to be pining over people. If we go back to episode number one, we only chase tequila. We do not chase all these people. Like if I don't get why people want to be friends with people that don't want to be friends with them. And trust me, it has taken me a long time to get here because like I said in the first episode, my freshman year, I was pining for those friends. And some of it did have to do with the fact that I was a commuter student and like I just really wanted to have that college experience. And like the thing is, the more I would chase these people to be my friend, I could feel them wanting less and less to do with me. So do not put yourself in a position where you have to beg someone to be their friend because you don't deserve that like at all. And it creates this toxic power dynamic where they kind of have the upper hand and at any moment, if they decide that they want this friendship to be over, it's over because you begged for it. You wanted it. They didn't. That is a one-sided relationship and you were putting so much effort into this one relationship to get absolutely nothing in return. But also, you're in college. You're meeting so many people all the time. Start hanging out with a different friend group. Like, if there's a group of people that you sit with at lunch, but, like, that's about the extent of your friendship, maybe start hanging out with them more. Hang out with people that value you 
and value your friendship and what you bring to the table. So all of this to say, assess the situation. If your friend is being distant because they have a lot of shit going on, give them some space. They might just need a week to figure out their shit and like they'll be back to normal. That's usually what happens with me. But if they're being distant for a while and like you can just feel that this friendship is just coming to an end, let bygones be bygones because you shouldn't have to beg someone to be their friend. Stop dealing with some bullshit. Anyway, that's all for me today. But before I go, let me do the top three songs of the week. Okay, for number one, I have 90s Kids by Kid Quill. Quill? I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. I'm pretty sure it's Quill. Whatever. For number two, I have Coffee Kisses by Kid Indigo. I was hyper fixating on this song for like a whole month in January and February went by and I was kind of finding new music, um, but I am back on this song again. And then the third song is Cold War Stripped by Cautious Clay. A good motherfucking song. Such a good song, especially like in the car, like at night and like it's a vibe, whatever. Anyway, yeah, those are my top three songs for the week. Hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Like I said, this is only like scratching the surface of this topic. So many, many more episodes to come. My Instagram is at it's Michelle Diaz and the podcast Instagram is at the 20 somethings pod with the 20 being the two and the zero. And I hope y'all have a great week. I'll see y'all next Thursday. Bye.